Hey guys, what's welcome back to episode four of Third Thoughts. This week, we're gonna be talking about the Shang-Chi premiere, a secret wars coming to the MCU and giving our spoiler review for Marvel's What If episode two, along with talking about all the other news in the Marvel and superhero news, superhero world. If you guys enjoy these podcast episodes and you guys want more, make sure you hit that like button. Also hit that subscribe button if you're new on here and to notification on so you don't miss any time I up a new video or you go live. But without wasting more time, let's get right into it. Brantley, kick us off with some of the news from this week. And so the first thing on the slate this week, we've seen, you know, already made a video on early reactions. Shang-Chi, um, of course, it's slowly, it's fastly approaching, actually. It comes out, what, September 3rd, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. So um, kind of, you know, this has been, it's been a journey so far. You know, of course, <laughs> um, one of the Disney executives, Disney CEO, called the movie an experiment. And of course, the lead actor playing Shang-Chi clapped back at on, um, on Twitter saying that, you know, we're not an experiment, things along those lines. So um, it's definitely been a lot. Um, you know, I've. I think that this movie definitely has a, an uphill battle with just Shang-Chi as a character not being too well known. Also, of course, the pandemic. I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, so what are your thoughts regarding Shang-Chi and how it's looking for the box office? So box office-wise, I think that it could... Okay, here's the thing. Free Guy did really good. Like, it over-delivered. Apparently, he did, like, over, like, 20 million, 30 million of what it was supposed to do. So to Disney, I feel like they would think, like, Shang-Chi's going to do really good, but... As much as I love Simu Liu, as much as I love all everyone in the cast, as much as I love Kevin Feige, as much as I love Marvel, I don't think Shang-Chi is going to perform good at the box office. We're going to talk about the Eternals dual release situation later in this episode, but I do think that this movie will be a semi-flop. I don't think they're going to make nearly as much money as they want to. I honestly think they can make less than $60 million opening day, or oh, I think it was like opening weekend or whatever Black Widow made on just, on just Disney+. Plus. I think they could potentially make less than that. And that is going to be a very big problem. I think it'll obviously, I think it'll do better than Free Guy, like 100%, because I think it'll be a surprise movie. I think this movie is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I have so much faith in the writing of this movie, the action, just the whole story. I am in love with all of it and I can't wait to watch it. But that being said, I do have doubts for other people that don't necessarily know about all this stuff. There was a lot of people, like, for example, when I made my Shang-Chi early reactions video, there were so many people that were, like, DMing me or either commenting on the video saying that, oh, is it, like, when is, what, what is this movie? Like, is this, like, what is happening? Like, is it, like, even my own mother, she was like, oh, like, wait, this is a Marvel movie? She thought it was just some, like, random martial arts movie that we wanted to go watch. She didn't even know that the Marvel name was attached to it because of her kind of marketing side of, like, the her exposure to the movie. Personally, I've seen a lot of marketing. I don't really understand what people are talking about. I think Brantley can, Brantley can attest to this. I think we've seen a lot of marketing. Personally, I feel like I've seen too much when it comes to TV spots. There's a lot of people that have been saying that they have spoilers for like Abomination, that fight. They've seen too much footage of it through TV spots. Personally, I've really limited myself to what I can watch about this movie because I want a lot of it to be a surprise, but some people are just not getting that exposure, I guess. But I did want to quickly talk about before I ask Brantley about the whole experiment comment. Personally, I don't think that uh, Bob Chapek meant it like that. I do think that he was 100% wrong. He shouldn't have said that at all. Those are the worst words he could have chosen. But I also think that he didn't mean it in a rude or like mean way. I think he just meant it as in it's the first time they're doing the 45-day window in the theaters. It, uh, what's their fate? Uh, what's their name? Um... 
Warner Brothers just signed a deal with AMC doing a 45 theatrical day window. A lot of companies are trying this 45 day window and Marvel is the first one to actually commit to 45 days. We, you can say Warner Brothers did a short time in theaters and then fully on HBO Max, but it's a dual release for Warner Brothers. They did it free on HBO Max for 30 days and then for theaters for however long a normal theatrical run is other than the Suicide Squad because they took it out of theaters in most places. But other than that, like overall, this is an experiment. Whether you want to call it an experiment or not, I don't think an experiment is the correct word. I think you should have said uh, testing the new way of release or testing new methods of release during this pandemic era of the box office. Those are just two easier ways and nicer ways you could have said it. But overall, I think that Simu Liu, he is 100% right though in clapping back. Because if I was him, I would have taken it the same exact way. I would have thought the exact same thing. But Looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I 100% understand what Bob Chapek was trying to say. I just don't think it was the right words. Brandon, what did you think of that experiment comment, just to be exact? Because I think that's the most controversial part. Um. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said. I think that the CEO, I don't think he meant it necessarily in a, in a, in a negative way, but I do think that Simon Liu, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, had the right to be angry. I think that, I mean, because the way it kind of they came off, I, I mean, if I was the lead actor in a film, I would kind of t- take that a certain way. But um, at the same time, yeah, this movie definitely is, I guess you could call it an experiment in some sense because it is the first time Disney is trying this with the film. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do think that it is some, I mean, it's definitely a kind of a test run of sorts, but I guess to kind of blatantly say it like that, it is it's somewhat in a, kind of a disrespectful thing to say for all the people that worked in the film. Of course, a lot of hard work went into it and things like that. So um, I did see both sides of the situation. And, um, yeah, I guess that's really all I have to say about that. Yeah, I would honestly, yeah, so we basically have the same thoughts, but just like speaking, like, I mean, kind of talking a little bit more about Shang-Chi, when I was talking about like the, um, excuse me, the marketing side of stuff, uh, I just wanted to mention this really quick. Today on Twitter, we're actually recording this Saturday, this episode comes out Monday, so earlier today on Twitter, I saw the the train clip that they they released a clip of the train scene yeah. where he's battling like Razor Fist or something like that, I don't know his name, but I didn't watch the clip yet. I just saw like a screenshot of it and I decided I'm not watching that because I'm waiting to watch that on, in theaters. But um, I will say it was trending with next to Jackie Chan's name. Like Jackie Chan's name was associated with the clip. Every fan, like the fan, not even early people, like not even like people that went to the red carpet or fan screens or anything like that. The fans were saying this reminds them of Jackie Chan or uh, yeah, Jackie Chan-esque fighting that gets me hype like honestly like you can say whatever you want about early reactions i mentioned this in my video take early reactions with a grain of salt a hundred percent of the time no matter who it is no matter if you think they're reliable or not always take it with a grain of salt even if they say that movies have been bad in the past and they went to early screeners always take early screeners with a grain of salt because you never know what the studio could be telling these people they might not be telling them anything but just take it with a grain of salt of course but when the fans say that this style of fighting reminds them of Jackie Chan, I that just that gets me really excited. But do you have any final thoughts on Shang Chi before we quickly move on? Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, I did accidentally watching the clip, and yeah, it, it is pretty dope. I'm not gonna say anything about it, but yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> dope clip. Um, but yeah, I'm going off. I think the choreography is gonna be really dope. Like from what I think yes. you even texted me at uh, early reaction. I don't know who it was, but someone compared the action of this movie to another film called The Raid. The Raid movies. Mm-hmm. Those are also um two Chinese films that have really good, just crazy choreography. So just that comparison is just, uh, like, I, once I you, you showed me that, I was really excited. So 
I'm, I have a lot of high hopes regarding the action of this movie. I think that it's, it's going to be pretty good. I'm happy that the MCU, uh, MCU is going in this different direction with this movie. It's not really embracing the martial arts aspects. It's like this might be kind of a love letter to that genre. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I will say one thing I'm not like, I mean, obviously I'm still expecting high things from like every aspect in this movie. Um, but I did want to mention, and of course, a lot of you guys might not like this source, but Soups, he did say that this is his second favorite first solo movie. So not like not like Thor Ragnarok or The Winter Soldier. He specifically yeah. said, like initial movie, he said it's his second favorite after Iron Man, which that's obviously not like a super high, like, uh, like mark to reach. I mean, in terms of like MCU solo movies and the, like their first ones. But I will say, I mean, honestly, let's just do this right now, really. What are your top three first solo movies in the MCU? So mine would probably have to be... Actually, no, you go first. You go first. You go first, actually. Me? Um, <laughs> I'm ahead if I'm not missing anything. I'd say Doctor Strange. Wait, no, in order, in order, in order. Oh, yeah, in order. order. Oh, yeah, that's what right. makes it tough, because I have my top three. I just don't know the Dang. order. <laughs> All right. And number three, probably Black Panther. Number two, probably Ant-Man. And then number one, probably Doctor Strange. For first of all. Yeah. I would have kind of the same ranking i would put um i would say obviously number one is doctor strange in my opinion i think it's the most underrated movie in the mcu mark my words i think it's the most underrated second i would obviously put ant-man like Bradley said but third place for me it is um really close between black panther and iron man one uh, i personally am a really big fan of iron man one i know a lot of people aren't the biggest fan um but I think, I mean, obviously a lot of it in my heart has to do with how it started the MCU. Like, I will admit, I am very blindsided by that fact. Like, I just, I you can say it's the start of the MCU and I'll 100% agree with you for a reason why it's that good. But overall, I, that's basically my same list as Brantley. But I'm, I could easily see this movie being above Black Panther, or above the third spot. So Black Panther, Iron Man. I don't really see it being better than Ant-Man, but I'd always love to be proven wrong. I would always love to be proven wrong. I don't think that it can take the the Doctor Strange spot though, because Doctor Strange is really ingrained into me. I really love that movie, so. But yeah. Um, I mean, now, wait, what you say? Oh, yeah. I was just wondering, like, I just I just hope that one aspect I think this mostly is first initial some movies just kind of really have like boxed so far as just like the villains. I would say just the antagonists have always just been really just very cookie cutter, which is kind of understandable. But I hope that just eventually, hopefully, this movie or maybe future film we just get kind of a really really good antagonist in that first film i'd say probably my favorite antagonist so far from my first movie is probably killmonger from black panther but i can't really think anyone outside of that that like, i would really caught my attention. i yeah i agree with you on the killmonger note but i also do think that um what's his face um red skull i think he's pretty good i think he's very Ooh, underrated I don't think he's the best, so I think, uh, I mean, in my MCU rewatch, you guys know, I talked about this a lot. I think Red Skull, if he had just a little bit more screen time, he would have been absolutely yeah. perfect. But it just felt like he was really lackluster because they were trying to tell a story of too many other characters while still trying to cover Red Skull. But there's also one I was thinking about. Um, oh, Yellow Jacket. Okay, here's my thing. I actually really like Yellow Jacket, bro. This is the reason why, okay? I think that Yellow Jacket is the best opposite villain in the MCU. Like the best per- the best villain that is like basically the a, a copycat, except I just love what they did with his powers, but I also love that, not powers, but like his like claws on his back and the electricity and stuff. Um, 
I love what they did with that because it's like, it's a thing that obviously visually looks absolutely stunning, but at the same time, it's also doesn't give him a real advantage over Ant-Man. Like in the movie, I just rewatched it, so I'm not making stuff up, but in the movie, he literally like only like once uses his powers to actually hurt Ant-Man. Other than that, it's just like a fist fight, which is so dope to me. Also, um, I think the fighting really works with uh, the just two. Like, for example, in WandaVision, I don't really think Agatha versus Wanda really worked because it's just two people throwing magic balls at each other. But for for, for Ant-Man, it's like they're fighting in different areas. Like, it's their miniatures. Like, they're fighting that oh. train, the toy train thing. Like, everything's yeah, so creative. And yeah, maybe the surroundings are blindsiding me a little bit. So I'm thinking of it a little, like, higher than I would have initially thought of it as. But I definitely think that it's still pretty underrated. Um, I will say Killmonger, I really like him as a villain. But in terms of, like, like how he plays into the story, I feel like he was a little too basic. But, like, overall, his character, I think he's the best villain yeah. character in a first solo movie. I think... Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree, yeah. I think he's the best. I think he's the best. Uh, but in terms of implementing him into the story, I don't think he's, I don't think he's anything crazy. But, yeah. You have anything else about Shang-Chi, really? Oh no, yeah, no, that's about it. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of say that. But overall, I'm pretty excited. Hope it's hope it's good. You know, people seem pretty excited for it. And I'm pretty excited as well. So yeah, I'm super hyped for it. But another thing, I'm super hyped for. It. Let's talk about that transition really quick because I was smooth. But Eternals, I I have guys, come on. Like you saw my trailer reaction. You, this is the most other than the Marvel like through the years video that they uploaded like la like earlier this year. Like, where they, like, announced the titles for, like, the Marvels, Wakanda Forever, uh, and they showed, like, the clips of some movies. Um, bro, this trailer might be the absolute best trailer I've seen since Infinity War. I, I, Brilliant, I've already talked about this. I think this is the best trailer since Infinity War. Really quickly, Brilliant, what are your just, like, overall thoughts? We'll get into, like, kind of breaking it down, like, specific things after, but just, like, overall thoughts on the Eternals trailer. How much has it elevated your hype for the movie? And just overall thoughts. Well, um, you know, I don't think I've spoken about this on camera, but after that first trailer, that first trailer did nothing for me. I think Ari knows this, like, I was really disappointed. I was like, this movie, like, it's not, like, for me, probably, like, going off the first trailer, it just wasn't pulling me in. Nothing was really there for me. But I would say with this most recent trailer, it definitely has raised my, raised my hype a lot for the film. I'm really excited now. Um, I think because maybe it was kind of focused, it kind of told more of a story and kind of gave more of a general overview. Where I felt like the first one was a little, like, a little too kind of cryptic. It was kind of just like, uh, you know, it, it just really just wasn't giving me a clear focus on anything. Whereas this one, you know, kind of explain the plot a bit more, kind of saw some action a little bit. And, and you know, I think this one would definitely be kind of different, maybe kind of like experimental for the MCU in some aspects because because of the director of the film. She's directed things such as Nomadland, things like that. So I think it will be kind of different tonally, possibly. But I don't know. Apart, I mean, apart from two things that it's still, it's going to have those usual MCU things, obviously. But I think that it will be kind of a step in a different direction. So I'm pretty excited now. I think that it's going to be a pretty interesting movie, to say the least. But I'm this trailer has definitely raised my hype a lot. So I also do want to say really quickly, I have been hype for Eternals since day one. I have always said, right when we found out the cast of this movie, just Kumal Nanjiani alone in a Marvel movie, like that got me hype. But just overall, like when we initially got, I didn't, I don't, I, I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't know crap about the Eternals, but... 
this like just from day one the the whole like i guess just literally like synopsis of what like the eternals are what the movie could potentially have been about like in the in the earlier times of like us like theorizing about this movie and stuff i was i've always been hyped for this movie and this trailer just took it to a whole nother level this trailer alone makes me love richard madden he is uh already one of my favorite icarus is already one of my favorite marvel characters call me bias if you want but he's already one of my favorite marvel characters his action is already badass and we've only seen his action for like a total of like 15 seconds in a trailer the the laser eyes i needed superman in the mcu we finally got him in the mcu overall this trailer has just been was almost perfect in my opinion i will say the one issue with it that i had was i think it spent a little bit too much time in the beginning just explaining stuff i felt like they should have they could have showed just a little bit more visual in the beginning for like when she talks about the thanos snap and stuff like obviously i didn't want them to show like thanos and stuff like that but overall i would say that I thought I thought they did it. I thought it was well crafted, is what I'm saying. Brilliant and I talked about it like compared to like Far From Home and the Far From Home trailers. Personally, I think it's better than the Far From Home trailers. Again, I don't really remember them that much. They just weren't that memorable. And even Endgame, like the Endgame trailers, they weren't necessarily like that memorable, especially, especially compared to Infinity War and Eternals. I think that this trailer, maybe it's also, maybe I'm biased. I saw it like five times in the first like hour that I watched it for the first time. If you guys want to check out my trailer reaction, it will be in the description down below. But overall, I thought this trailer was absolutely awesome. I do want to quickly ask you, Brantley, how do you think they are going to like format this movie in terms of kind of time? Because, you know, we know that the Eternals broke apart. Do you think we're going to see a lot of them beforehand? Do you think we're only going to see like a little bit of them fighting together like the like a long, long time ago before all of this like threat stuff? And then when they come back, we see like a side by side comparison or like, how do you think time is going to work in this movie in terms of like yeah. what they're going to show? Man, I think that this movie is going to jump around and back and forth a lot. I could see it maybe starting off with like us seeing the Eternals as a team, then maybe there's a battle or something, and then we kind of time jump to the present, and then we see they kind of follow like whoever is going to be that kind of the main, the first person that we meet, and then they kind of go and meet the other Eternals. And then the movie kind of get flashbacks possibly as they meet like a new Eternal or something, or like as they like reunite and kind of gather everybody up. So I think that's probably how it's going to be from what like, I'm seeing. But I mean, I don't know. It could be different. But, I mean, that's how I can imagine it, kind of just seeing them at first as a full team before they split off and time jump to the present and then kind of sprinkling flashbacks off the movie. And I think that could be a possibility that, that they could incorporate the use of time. But Yeah, I agree. I think that would be, like, the most perfect way. Also, like, they could kind of, like, I know this would be super cheesy, but I'd love for them to do, like, character introductions with the backstory of each character like throughout the movie so like we know they meet at like one of those like that like in the middle of the forest or the woods then we see uh Bar you know the what's his the actor's name is like barry keoghan or something like that he's in the killing of a sacred deer that guy like when he walks through the forest for the first time we see the clip in the trailer of him seeing everyone for the first time again so like say whenever we see new characters for example like kumal nanjiani's character angelina jolie's character um uh, icarus and then Gemma chan's character like when we see all these characters for the first time we see some sort of backstory about them i think that would be like the perfect way to do it um but like i mean overall i don't really have much else to say about it i do want to quickly mention though 
my theory for how they're going to show the Black Knight in this movie, Kit Harrington's character. Um, I don't think that he's going to be in the movie for very long. I Did I already send it? Did Have you seen this theory, Brantley? I th did I send it to you? I don't think so. No. I don't even understand. Yeah, so basically... Yeah, so basically the real rejects, if you guys don't know them, their channel is absolutely awesome. But in the trailer reaction, they had, I forgot his name. I'm sorry, I, I completely forgot the guy's name. But it's the third guy that just came in for the Eternals reaction. He's like really big. He like interviews or he has a lot of like famous Marvel actors and superhero actors go to like a comic shop. And he like shows them comics in the songs that they just like basically interview in the comic shop. Basically like the sneaker show, like the sneaker shopping show, but with comic books, which is absolutely awesome. But he had a theory about Kit Harington's Black Knight, and he said that he's probably not going to turn into the Black Knight until the third act of the movie or the very, like, the post-credits of the movie, basically. And then in the second Eternals movie, or he'll have his own show, he'll at, we'll actually see him more as the Black Knight. Um, I think that's an absolutely awesome theory, though I do want to see uh, Black Knight at, in more of the movie, obviously. But he was saying that Kit Harington could basically be the audience's narrator for this movie because technically he's not a god if i'm not mistaken um i don't think that he's like a like a like a crazy big figure compared to like thena icarus and like cersei and all those people like he's not a like a crazy big character like that so he could be kind of be like our passage as the audience to understand all these things that's why in the trailer he was asking the questions that the audience had obviously that's just like a basic question that anyone would ask for the, where were the eternals when thanos was doing his stuff but i do think that that's a that's a crazy theory i absolutely love that theory um but do you have any other thoughts on the eternal trailer i don't know but yeah I, I i like that theory a lot though i mean i'm not really too informed on the black man i really gotta read up on him i don't know too much about him like you know, like it's like his comic but counterpart and like that. I really don't know much about the Black Knights. So I gotta read up on him, but I do think that maybe for the way you explained it, I could see that being the case in the movie. He could kind of be like our kind of passageway, kind of like the character that's like reflecting the audience in a way. We kind of learn about the Eternals and stuff through him and kind of seeing his point of view of things. So I'm pretty excited. You know, Kaharitson, you know, people have hyped him up a lot, and especially in this role for this movie. So I think that it's, it, I'm pretty excited to see him, and I think this movie's gonna be interesting like i don't really know what to think like I, i'm obviously more excited but i'm still kind of like i don't know if it's gonna be for me or not i mean obviously i'm gonna check it out i think well, it's okay. definitely i mean really, really i've already talked about this um i gave him like i think it was like three or four reasons as to why i'm really excited for the eternals movie and why i personally do not hate me on the comments hit that subscribe button before i tell you this so you don't unsub but I think this will be a top three MCU movie of all time. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, okay? This is my prediction. Literally just the final trailer, okay? Like, this is just me saying, like, like before Endgame, I was literally like, okay, this is going to be a top five MCU movie easily. I don't think it is, but at the time, like, obviously hype going into it, these are my few reasons why I think this will be the best. Or top three, not the best. Sorry. Top three Marvel movies of all time. Um, number also, my top three Marvel movies in no particular order right now are probably The Winter Soldier and Infinity War. And I don't know my third one. Um, let me check my <laughs> box really quick. Uh, my top three isn't like I don't think I don't think it's gonna. I don't know how to say this without being like really pretentious. So like. Like, like, for example, like, all, like, there's a lot of Marvel movies that I don't really think are, um, like, I don't really think they're, like, like, top three anything else other than in the MCU, you know? 
Like, I feel like they're only in the MCU, their top three. Like, it's kind of like, like, other than Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Infinity War. That's why I kind of mentioned those two first, you know what I'm saying? Like, in any other list, like, for example, top superhero movies of all time. My top ten, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Infinity War are probably the only ones in the MCU that get there. May, like, depends on, like, where I'm looking at it. But, um, right now, looking at my top three on Letterboxd, my top three is Civil War, Infinity War, and Winter Soldier in that particular order from third to first. Um, I could see Guardians or in Civil War being switched any day of the week that I watch it, but I could easily see this movie being better than Civil War or Guardians because, number one, James Gunn directed Guardians. Chloe Zhao is directing Eternals, okay? Chloe Zhao, okay. I wasn't the biggest fan of No Man Land's story, but visually, it was beautiful. So, I will say that I wasn't the biggest fan of No Man Land, but that doesn't mean Chloe Zhao's not good. Chloe Zhao, visually, is phenomenal, okay? That's number one. Chloe Zhao, directing, just the fact that you see a, 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 a Academy Award-winning director on the, on the trailer. Never seen that in Marvel before. Even if you, just that title alone, that is a reason. Like, that's valid. In my... Uh, Come on, that's a valid, bro. And then, number two, I will say, I think the visuals, I think not only will like this probably make it a top three movie, I think the visuals would be a big role, but I do think this will be the best looking MCU movie. As of right now, I think the best looking MCU movie is uh, either Infinity War or Guardians. I'd probably give it to Guardians though. Guardians 1, not Guardians 2. I would definitely give it to Guardians 1 for most visually the best. Um, I also think that the I think that this will have the best ensemble. Uh, I think Brilliant agrees with me on this one, right? Best ensemble. Best ensemble. I mean, I feel like on paper, but I mean, I yeah, yeah, on I paper, on paper, like yeah, chemistry. I don't, mean, I don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know paper, how it's yeah. gonna be yet, but yeah, on paper, Kit Harrington, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Gemma Chance, Samala Hayek. I don't know how to pronounce the Asian guy's name. I am so sorry. The guy who plays Gilgamesh. I know his name. I just want to. I don't want to butcher it. It's like. Never mind, I'm not even going to try. And then Kumon Anjiani, <laughs> Barry Keegan, and those are the only ones that I know. Uh, but yeah, and then we also have the, the, the girl who's playing Sprite. Apparently, she's a really great kid actress. So the ensemble is also great. It's also the best-looking ensemble in the MCU, in my opinion. I think that these characters consist of probably, like, literally, like, top 10 hottest people on the planet. So including the men, like, not even just the females. Like, Angelina Jolie, like... But yeah... Overall, I do think that this movie has the most going for it in MCU. Like, bro, you're telling me, like, okay, name top five Marvel movies off your head. Not not in any particular order. Top five Marvel movies in your head. Man, no order. I mean, for me personally, it'd probably be Civil War, Infinity War, Guardians, Winter Soldier. Um, wait, is there one more left? Ragnarok, maybe? Uh, um, probably for me, Ragnarok, I think the last one. Yeah, so that's basically everything that's in my top. Is, is that four or five? That's five. That's five. Yeah. I could easily see it being better than Thor Ragnarok, bro. I'll be real. Like, that already puts a top five, in my opinion. Um, I think the hardest barrier it'll have to break is Guardians, just because not not only the ensemble, but the chemistry of the ensemble is really unbeatable in Guardians, in my opinion. Like, I think also, uh, this is kind of going off topic just a little bit, but I do think that one thing that puts the Guardians slightly above James Gunn's Suicide Squad for me is the chemistry between the ensemble is just undefeated in that movie in my in Guardians. So I think that's really what makes it such a great team movie. Like like okay, the Avengers like obviously their chemistry is awesome, but I don't know like the Guardians just feel like a real team to me. Maybe it's like the writing of like they're all misfits, they're all like really bad people, and they all come together and become good. 
maybe it's that whole storyline that's making me happy, I guess, like uh, with these characters. But overall, yeah. Uh, anything else about the Eternals, Bradley? Um, I mean, I, I mean, you know, it's tough for me because, like, you're right, I me. Mean, a lot of what you mentioned, this movie has a lot of potential. Definitely, Chloe Zhao's director. I mean, she's amazing. No, my land was visually amazing. I think this movie. I will give it to you on one point. Like this movie, visually, this movie. I think this will be a top tier movie, like MC movie, like from a visual aspect. Because, like, even from a show, like the visuals just look insane. But um, I would say you know the cast, everything like that. I guess for me, also on paper, like looking up the Eternals, like they never like. They, they, they never like really intrigued me personally, like just like as like just a t like just their concept in general. Like, I mean, it's cool, but like it just never really caught my attention too much. But if, if this movie can make me like enjoy and, and enjoy them as characters and like really make me care for them more than I already like do, like really just enhance how much I like them, then I mean, that's a job well done. So, I mean, if it drops, I'd definitely get my honest thoughts and see if it definitely has changed my mind. So, I'm still excited for it. Yeah, I, I agree with you mostly, especially on that if if uh, they make me like them as a team. Because I think that's one thing Guardians did so good, bro. Like, I love that entire team. Like, I love every character. I love all of the dialogue moments. Too. I love the heartfelt moments. I just love everything with them. But quickly, we do want to move on to talking about will the Eternals be dual released? Now, this is, um, this is a big one, guys. So, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. So, Okay, so Kevin Feige and Chloe Zhao said that they want a theater-only release. They said that this movie will should only be released in theaters, right? This is valid. This is very valid to me. But at the end of the day, it's not Kevin Feige's call. It's Disney's call. And if Shang-Chi doesn't perform, Eternals will probably get dual release. What do you think of just a dual release potential for this movie? Because I think it should be completely off the table. I mean, I think that like, you kind of have to look at Shang-Chi, though. I, I wouldn't say she's off the table, like, right now. I feel like you definitely should. I mean, they should probably wait and see how Shang-Chi performs before moving forward, I would say, with anything. Because, I mean, as I said, I mean, I mean, whether you agree with the experiment comment or not, this movie, it will dictate, I think, a lot of the future for how Disney is going to handle the MCU going forward throughout this pandemic. Um, however, Shang-Chi performs, I think that it's definitely going to be a very, very important movie. Um, that and Free Guy, of course, and Free Guy, as you mentioned earlier, has over overperformed, so that's a good sign already. But um, I mean, I think that it's pretty high. That it could be dual release, especially if Shang Chi does underperform and not really make as much money as Disney is expecting or as much as Disney wants. Um, I mean, I think that that's definitely a high possibility. And you know, dual release. I mean, for me, I, I mean, as as a consumer, like I mean, as a like a fan, I mean. I guess it really for me it depends on like on the movie in particular. Like there's certain movies I'm like, okay, I have to see this in the theater. I'm like, okay, I mean, eh. but I think for MCU most I want to experience most of the MCU in the theater. So I say when it comes to MCU indoor releases, I mean, of course, I personally will prefer to the movies in the in the in the theater compared to at my house. But do release as a whole overall, I, mean, I don't think it's a terrible concept, um, especially right now. I mean, these these companies have to make their money some way. So I mean, I respect it at the end of the day, but. I think that there's, yeah, as I said, I think it's definitely a high chance that Eternals could be dual release. Um, especially, I think right now, I mean, the Shang-Chi, what, the box office launch tracking is not looking too good last time I checked on, or I heard about it. So uh, I think it's a, it's looking pretty likely, in in my opinion, that Eternals could be dual release. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, all right, Billy, you want to start, you want to talk about Ironheart and Black Panther 2? Yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. So, of course, you know, 
past, I mean, it's been a while. We've been like this little rumblings, little things about yeah. Ironheart here and there, this and that. Not really too much concrete information, but finally we know she's making her, well, this is her debut, right? She's going to make her debut yeah. in Black Panther 2 and Wakanda Forever. And, um, you know, I'm not too familiar with Ironheart from the comments. I mean, outside of the general concept of being just the next um, Iron, like, person, um, kind of following, like, Tony Stark's legs, stuff like, stuff like that, kind of just being that next person, taking up that mantle. But, um, you know, she seems like a pretty cool character. I'm, ha- I'm kind of happy that we are seeing another person with the suit and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I think that the concept of, like, of Iron Man, like, how kind of how that's evolved could be interesting. I, I love to see how the MCU handles that going forward. So I'm happy that we're still having someone else take up that mantle, um, you know, outside of Spider-Man. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> so, Sorry, I, that was funny. That was really good. It. That was good. Yeah, it. Keep but, going. Yeah, I'm excited to see you. So, um, what are your thoughts on Iron Heart? I'm really excited, man. Um, I put this in the podcast notes just so that we could talk about the potential theory as to how she's going to be introduced. Uh, 3C Films, great guy. Love him to death. He said that uh, Riri Williams' parents die in a drive-by shooting in the comics. And we know that... Uh, Wakanda opened up a, uh, a facility or something like that in Oakland, I think it was, at the end of Black Panther 1. So that could be something that happens at the end of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It could happen somewhere in between where they just show uh, Riri Williams' parents die, like die, like their death, and then they show her running up to like the car or something like that. Or like they show her in the car and Black Panther is saving them, but he can't, or he or she, whoever takes up the mantle, couldn't save her parents and then they take Riri under their wing or something like that and maybe she starts off and she learns everything and she gets taken under Shuri's wing because Shuri feels the guilt also this could point to Shuri becoming Black Panther this um Shuri could take her under her wing teach her some stuff and then that could lead into the Ironheart show later down the line on Disney plus I think that this is a great thing. Also, shout out to Brandon Davis for getting this uh, like news out of Kevin Feige. He got it out of a Shang-Chi interview, which was great to hear. Um, overall, like Bradley said, I don't really know much about Ironheart. I don't know much about Riri Williams. I'm excited for it. Um, I just, I hope that they don't, I hope that they don't do too much of their character before they even start the character, if that makes sense. Like, I kind of hope that they take their time with the character because taking up the Iron Man mantle is a really big deal. But it also, at the same time, there's a lot of people that are going to be judgy because, number one, she's a female who's taking up the mantle. She's also black. That also makes, literally, for some reason, the white supremacists in the MCU fandom hate her. So, overall, it's just, like, so, for example, I, I hate to be the one to say this, but, for example, Shang-Chi. The movie has so much going against it, and a lot of that is because... It's a primarily Asian cast. The same thing goes for a lot of these black superhero or yeah, male or superhero led projects, like either on Disney Plus or on uh, just regular movies. Like that is a real problem. And I hope that they really do her character justice so that all the white supremacists actually like her. But moving on, Brelling, what is what's the next thing we're gonna talk about? Yeah, but moving on from Ironheart, you know, again, really excited to see her, excited to see what she does in the film, how they're going to introduce her. I think it could be interesting. I, I, I like how they're kind of keeping, wait, one second, I'm, I'm going to go to the next topic, but I like how they're keeping, yeah. like, kind of, the sequel also kind of is going to, like, kind of break barriers in a different way, kind of how the first Black Panther film did. Now, this was an interesting Ironheart, different elements like that. Still interested to see how they're going to handle the mantle of Black Panther, what's it, what, what they're going to do with that. But overall, yeah. I'm pretty excited for the film. 
I think it's in film right now, correct? Like, I think so. Like, yeah, it is. Um, and there's actually a leaked leaked video. Have you have you seen the video? Have we talked about this before? I haven't. I don't think so. So it was basically a ah damn. How have I not shown this to you? I mean, I went to TikTok about this a while ago. It's a very. It's a, oh okay, no that. It, it was like it was like a, it was like a set video, like it was like yeah, it was like writing on the wall that okay. said "Long Live the King." Okay, I think I yeah, I think I remember yeah, yeah. That. So that's what I was talking about. So yeah, I I figured if you brought up the mantle, I did want to speak about that, but I can't. I'm not. I don't think I can show the video on YouTube here because a lot of people have been getting copyright strikes for showing leaked stuff from like the Flash, a lot of Marvel movies. It's been happening a lot, so I'm not gonna put the photo here, but. You can check out my TikTok, and I did post a video on there a while ago about that. Um, overall, I think the Mantle thing, I think they'll handle it perfectly. There's a lot of people saying that Kevin Feige doesn't want to get backlash, so he's not recasting. But if I'm not mistaken, it was 100% up to Chadwick Boseman's family to decide what they were going to do with the Mantle. And I respect whatever this decision they have. Personally, as a person that... But okay, let's. I'm gonna put it this way. For example, say like uh, Shang Chi, right? I everything leads back to Shang Chi. Say Shang Chi. He's the first Asian-led superhero. He is literally like I'm so excited because like before this, I've never had anyone that's been like an Asian lead in a superhero movie. Superhero movies are my favorite types of movies. If you guys didn't already know somehow, but it's good to see someone that like represents me. And if that person or say say Simu Liu somehow decided to leave the role or something like that. I would want Marvel to recast because that character already means so much to me and I haven't already seen I haven't even seen the movie. Once I see the movie, that character is going to mean even more to me just as a character. So I couldn't imagine what it's like for the first black superhero on screen and just losing that like like right after you like right after the first time you get it. So Percy for me, I don't think they should recast just in respect for the character that Chadwick Boseman had. But at the same time, I do understand when people say the character of T'Challa means so much to them. So that's why I'm really divided on that. But actually, I do want your opinion on this, Burnley. Do you think they should recast or do you think that they should just kill off the character and move on and pass the mantle? Um, Personally, I think that they should probably just, I think they should just leave T'Challa alone. I would say probably just pass the mantle. Because I think, either way, I think they can still do this in a way that they can still carry on his legacy and still lead it in a very powerful way. Especially, I think my thing right now. I personally would prefer for sure to take up the mantle. I think this works. I think having, you know, a young African-American female in that role or just young black female in that role could be pretty impactful. Also, And also, I like how we could see possibly a really young hero again, kind of seeing like a Spider-Man kind of character again, but for like for, from a female's perspective and seeing her kind of evolve and grow like as she goes through different experiences as Black Panther. So I that's probably the thing I would be in favor of the most. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, I hope Marvel just handles it however they do it in a very tasteful way. And respectful manner. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, that's basically my thoughts on Black Panther two. Apparently, what's next? Yeah. So moving on, Venom two. Now, recently we did get the Venom two trailer, and we did also find out that it is delayed until well, October fifteenth, as of this recording. But unfortunately, it could be delayed again. So this is just very disappointing. Of course, this is stuff people are kind of expecting over the pandemic. This is very unpredictable times. We don't know exactly what's going on right now. It's just chaos. So what are your thoughts on Venom 2 possibly being delayed again? It's fucking good. Man. So my thing is, if this if Venom 2 gets delayed again, which, okay, okay, I'm not opposed to it getting delayed. Here's the thing. I'm not opposed to it as long as Marvel steps their foot down 
and says Spider-Man No Way Home is releasing February 2022 at the latest, no matter what. But the thing is, if Venom 2 releases January, which is the rumor date that it, it's going to get moved to, then there's a big issue with Sony because Morbius is right after this in January, so they're going to push Morbius. They could potentially switch the Morbius and Venom dates, so they could put Morbius at October 15th and then put Venom 2 at the January date, uh, whatever the date was for Morbius. I think it's like January 22nd. No one really cares about Morbius anyway. We're going to watch it to watch it, but, <laughs> but then they have to move Spider-Man, and I don't think Sony wants two of their biggest IPs to release back-to-back -back months. Like that is very, very bad when it comes to marketing and all that kind of stuff. Like it is not work. I promise you it's not gonna work. So no matter what happens, it's gonna be an issue. I don't mind the idea of a delay. I don't mind waiting longer if they wanna make more money. I don't mind any of that. That is really, I don't care. But it really matters to me when Marvel puts their foot down because I'm not trying to get this whole slate delayed. And if, if, if Multiverse of Madness has to come out after uh, after Spider-Man No Way Home. So we already have issues there. Um, this also is impacting all of like the promotions and stuff for not only Spider-Man No Way Home, but also Morbius and all of these, uh, just movies in general, because Sony was the first studio to move all of their stuff. Sony decided that, oh, we're not, we're not giving into this dual release thing. They ended up giving into the dual release thing with Hotel Transylvania 4. So everything is changing. Studios are moving stuff. Um, actually, according to someone that was working on um, James Bond, No Time to Die, they said that that the studio really, like Amazon or MGM, whatever, they want to move No Time to Die, but it's too costly to do so now. Like it costs them way too much money and they've already lost so much on moving it and promotions again. Like the movie's already gonna make like such a bad amount of money. Like I haven't seen promotion for that movie in over a year now. And it, I, I understand why, like it makes sense. They wanna waste their promotion dollars, but that's just the case. I think Venom 2 is just the first one in a long line of delays, sadly. <sighs> really, what do you think? What, what do you think of all of this? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, it's, I think it's almost like something that's expected at this point, um, you know, just very unpredictable. Like, it's to the point now, like, I don't really even trust, like, really safe until I'm in the seat of the theater watching the movie because <laughs> stuff is just changing so rapidly. But um, I can definitely see it again. I mean, I know originally they were looking at it at the January release date also. That was a rumor that they were debating between the October date and the January date. So, you know, January... <sighs> It would suck, but I mean, it's understandable. I mean, I understand Sony wants to really maximize how much they can really make off of these films. So I think it is pretty likely. Um, I don't know how, I don't think we're going to get a huge pandemic turnaround from now until October 15th. That's not the biggest window of time, but I mean, you yeah. never say never. Um, you know, hopefully people can, you know, stay safe, get vaccinated and things like that. But, uh, you know, we just never know at this point. So. I mean, it sucks. It's tough, but I guess uh, right now it's kind of you just get the movies when we get them. I guess it's not what we can do. Yeah, I think I think it's just a matter of time. I think um, everything really just depends on how literally the world is functioning. Because from a business perspective, man, I a hundred percent understand these delays. Like it makes sense to me. But uh, yeah, now yeah. Wait, do you have anything else to say about Venom Two? No, that's about it. I mean, that last trailer was crazy. I'm still excited. Yeah. I so. will say, yeah, that last trailer was nuts. That was crazy, yeah. 
But yeah, moving on. Now we're going to talk about something that I was not expecting to talk about this week, but I put it on the on the podcast notes like literally like like a day or two ago. Secret Wars might be coming to the MCU. You guys can check out my Instagram and my TikTok where I posted a clip of in after Loki episode one when that multiverse explain multiversal multiverse explainer video came out. I said Secret Wars is coming. Actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll link the TikTok in the description. Actually, in the comments down below. So go check the comments down there if you want to see my full video where I actually called it that it was happening. But Secret Wars is happening now. I'm going to be looking at this quote right here. So excuse me if I'm not looking at the screen for a little bit. But Jim Shooter, who's a comic writer for Secret Wars, was speaking at the Megacon convention in Orlando. I think it was a week or two ago. And Jim Shooter revealed that he thinks that Marvel Studios is currently developing a Secret Wars movie. Shooter said that he was contacted by someone at Marvel to write a novelization for the Secret Wars, like that whole IP and just the story and stuff like that. And when he went over the contract, it appeared to be more complicated, so that so Shooter turned it down. David Bogart, the senior vice president of operations and procurement of publishing at Marvel Entertainment, then made a follow-up call to apologize for the contract and offered Shooter $10,000 as a new retroactive work-for-hire contract. Shooter asked if this meant that they were making a movie. And when Bogart said he couldn't tell him that, Shooter simply replied with, you just did. And then he also asked, when will it, or no, sorry. Now uh, we have questions. When will it happen? And what all properties will it have in there? If you guys want to check out the full article, I'll link it down in the description down below. It's by Screen Rant. It's an amazing article. It talks about all of the possibilities, but in, in right now we're about to go over our potential possibilities and what we want to see in a potential Secret Wars movie. So Brantley, I have a, a few questions laid out for us to go over. The first one is how many years slash when do you think this movie will happen? I mean, I'm thinking from what I mean. I, I don't really know about the actual Secret Wars storyline or storylines, but I think that they're. I mean, I think this is probably gonna be the next big event, kind of next Infinity War slash Endgame kind of thing. So I mean, I'm thinking about probably another ten years or so, probably in my opinion. I mean, I, mean, I don't know, but I see that this phase is like introducing kind of fast, so maybe a little bit shorter than two years. I mean, ten years, um, maybe eight, seven, but definitely a while, definitely five years plus from now. So yeah, that, yeah, that's probably what I'm looking. For. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, I think it's eight years minimum, just because uh, when when someone is asked to write a novelization, I had to look this up, so I didn't actually know this on my own. By the way, I'm not trying to be smart, but a novelization apparently is they make they want the comic writer or whoever made the story to rewrite it as basically a like a full book, like like basically like a. Kind of like an encyclopedia of the story. So like, uh, like, not a dumbed down, but like a much simpler version of like a million comic lines about Secret Wars. They want to kind of simplify it into one novelization, which is like a series of books. So obviously they're in very, very early stages of this. But one question that I did want to ask that kind of leads into all of this is what properties will it have in, in, in it? Like what extent of properties will we see? So personally, I think this plays directly into when it'll happen. So I think that obviously by the end of this phase, slash the beginning of the next one, depending on what Marvel delays and stuff, I think Fantastic Four will obviously be in it. I do think that we'll have Miles Morales in it. So I think this will have to happen after maybe a first or second Spider-Man movie in his new trilogy, uh, which would be his 
fourth or fifth movie, which is crazy to think about that 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 could potentially happen. But the uh, Secret Wars, one of the main like like rivalries is Miles versus Spider-Man. Like that's like on the cover of most of the Secret Wars comics from what I've seen. And so that's one thing that I think has to happen. So I think that itself, like just that claim that Miles Morales has to be in the movie if he is, that's at least five years. Cause that's, let's say two Spider-Man movies fitting into the entire MCU thing, like the entire MCU phases. Like that's at least five years just for that. Feige said X-Men are coming in min like uh, at min or at, max they're coming in five years so we still have to wait five years and then x-men will be introduced uh and that's when we say x-men we're saying like actual x-men not like deadpool and stuff like that because we know deadpool will probably be coming next phase but i think that we'll have x-men i think we'll have everything because this is a big bat like this is a big one like this isn't like and also i don't want to sorry i'm talking so much really i'm not letting you say anything, <laughs> yeah, but, you're, you're gonna I, do but like I also think that Secret Wars, I don't think it'll be like a, I think it'll be like a Civil War type of thing, except with different universes. I think if they keep Kang, this is if they keep Kang, I think that he could be a Zemo type figure. Like he could mess with the MCU for like the next eight to 10 years, right? And then he just messes up all the universes and then they fight each other. And then when there's only one universe left, then they could fight Kang. Like that, that kind of makes sense. Cause in all honesty, Kang isn't really that powerful, like, compared to, like, like, he has, like, futuristic tech and, like, time travel, but, like, like, brute force, he's not that crazy, so it would make sense for literally galaxies to fight each other, and then they fight Kang after, I could see, um, this being up to a three movie, four movie thing, honestly, um, what do you think, so, my question to you, Brilliant, is obviously, the thing I was talking about before, what properties do you think they'll have, do you have, like, any properties that you, like, hope that are in it? Um, I'll say the main thing because um, another thing I'm pleased about is that I don't really know which Secret Wars inch is going to really take inspiration from. Cause I know that there's the 2015 comic, which I think is what you're talking about with Maz yeah. and stuff, but it's also one from like 1984. It was like the original Secret Wars. So I wonder which Secret Wars the MCU is like going to really take the most like the influence from. I mean, I'm assuming probably the more recent one, but I think the 84 one's a bit more like the popular one, I guess. I don't know. Because I mean, it's not because I know for the Infinity War, they kind of take inspiration from like that original. Infinity Gauntlet started from like like the eighties or like or the nineties something like that like the really older one and they kind of adapted that to, to kind of take influence from that for Infinity War so I'm really curious to see which um, Secret Wars they're gonna really pull from more so but I think uh, from what I know I think Doom is involved as well so if they introduce Doom he's a big part of the yeah. story that's a character I would love to see in a, like in a really big like antagonistic role definitely Doctor Doom um, Fantastic Four like you said. I mean, I think that's probably the main thing. Definitely the X-Men, obviously. X-Men, definitely. I mean, I'm just like the X-Men in general, so yeah. they, they have a big role in that story. Like, so much they can do. Um, yeah, so that's probably the main like characters and groups that I, I, I want to see have a big role in Secret Wars. Yeah, I would agree. Also, I just really quickly looked up. I just looked up the, the Jim Shooter, who's the guy they asked to novelize it, and then I looked up Secret yeah. Wars. Uh, it does say the the first one that pops up. It doesn't have his name anywhere on here, but I'm just looking at the first one that popped up. It is the 1984-1985 published one. So okay. I don't know what correlation he has to it, but I just looked up the name and I looked up Secret Wars the title, and that's what popped up. But that's basically all we have to say about Secret Wars. Really, we're gonna end off the podcast talking about what if episode two. This is gonna have major. Major spoilers. We're going to talk all in depth. Brilliant just finished watching the episode before we started recording. So we haven't talked about this at all. So Brilliant, kick it off. Uh, you can just leave the discussion. What do you think?
Yeah, I know. No, last episode, episode one, um, Agent Carter, I thought it was pretty good, you know, and not, not, it was kind of more like, you know, pretty basic, you know, nice, just kind of simple, uh, digestible, you know, pr- pretty good. It was fun to watch. But this, but this week, I just found this episode to be really, really entertaining. It was just really fun. I think the main thing I, I like about this episode is that actually it changed a lot more outside just one character. It was just like yes. the child of the Star-Lord, like reskin. It actually changed like heavy aspects of the story. And it actually felt like I was in a really like a different timeline, different universe. Obviously, the only issue with the, like, with the Peggy one is that, yeah, it, it, of course, it's Peggy, not Steve. But it didn't really feel like I was in like a different setting or a different atmosphere. Whereas this one actually felt like I like I was really in a different universe because of all the different things. Of course, they used Thanos, the way Nebula was different. And just it really just flipped the script. Because I, I, this one, you know, it kind of took aspects of the first Guardians film, kind of flipped them on its head and things like that. So I really like that. It definitely made it feel a lot different, a lot more distinct. And made just the watch a lot more entertaining because I really didn't know what I was going to see next. Like, it was just so entertaining. So I'm unpredictable. Like, it was, it's, I mean, it's kind of always, it's almost like having like cameos again because like these characters coming back yeah. just adds in like just in different ways. You just don't know. Like, it's really dope. Like, this whole thing kind of reminded me of kind of remember in Spider Verse, but like the Doc Ock, like, we were like, reveal it's kind of like that like that feeling kind of like oh, oh like, yeah they kind of just flip yeah. the script and everything so you really don't know like, how these characters are going to appear just because i've yeah. seen loki i mean these characters have female male variants so like that like we just don't know and this episode really gave my kind of like, that unpredictable feeling because of what we saw yeah this episode really just like it surprised me in terms of the story uh ambitiousness i guess like they really changed a lot and i i was expecting it to i was really expecting what if to do that from the start like I, I mentioned this in my review, guys, but I think that they should have either premiered both episodes in, in like the first Wednesday, or I think they should have just premiered this one. Um, I know Captain Carter as a character is super integral to the What If storyline. She's rumored to be live action Doctor Strange too. She's rumored to literally like just come back in every season of What If. I understand she's a main character, but that's that intro story was just so garbage. I'm sorry. It, it was literally just like the Marvel creative team was like, let's just take, let's just take the first Avenger, reskin it, make her a female, and that's literally it. They changed three things. Like, no, sorry, they changed one thing. They made Steve a female. That's all they did. That's literally all they did. This one was so good. Um, I think one of the most underrated parts was the Collector. I thought the Collector was so dope. I thought that the changes that they made him were so perfect for the story. Like. Thanos, like, he could have just not been in the episode at all, and I wouldn't have mind. But, like, the fact he's in there, obviously, that's a plus. But yeah. what they did with, like, a, like a quote, villain, I guess, with the Collector, that was so good. They made him so menacing. He's, like, ripped. Also, the, like, the possibilities that, like, I'm really glad that they, uh, what's it called? Like, they used the possibilities, I guess, of what if, like, like the Collector literally had Thor's hammer, Hela's helmet, um... I think a knife or something like that. Apparently, the knife was from the Winter Soldier. Like, someone pointed out the detail. Apparently, the knife was the knife from Captain America, the Winter Soldier, on the street fight. And also, Captain America's shield. There was just so much crazy stuff that's only possible in What If, in an animated show. Like, and they really took advantage of it. And that's what I really liked. Um, What did you think? Like, I've heard a lot of people talking about this. What did you think about the voice performances? Um, I'm not going to lie. You know, I think that, I think it was a bit off at first, especially Chadwick. Like, it, it was a bit, like, weird at first, but I think it took a while to, like, adjust. Um, but, I mean, you used to, like, about, like, you know, a few, a few minutes into the episode, you know, it's not too jarring anymore. But I think, I think overall it's pretty good. But I definitely think that hearing, like, these actors, like, as, like, voice actors is definitely kind of odd at first. Even when Bucky last episode, like, it, I mean, it just, it just feels kind of weird at first. It takes a while to get used to it. But I think that it's, 
it, it wasn't bad. I think Chad was, you know, he, he, was, he was having a lot of fun with the role. And I think all the voice performances were pretty solid. So. Yeah, I will say overall, I thought this episode's voice performances were way better than the last episodes. I'm going to be honest. Like, last episodes, they were kind of mid. Like, I love you, Sebastian Stan, but he was going a little ham with the voice acting. Like, it was a little too, like, I don't know. It just didn't feel that fit the tone. It also, like, you guys, like, okay, obviously, like, people are like, oh, don't compare everything to one another. But, like, the only thing we can compare this episode to is the first one. So that's why we're comparing it directly. But once more episodes come out, obviously, we're not going to directly compare it to episodes that we think are bad. It's just that these are the only two out. Um, I will say, probably my favorite part about this episode, like, that wasn't, like, story-related, was the animation and visuals. I thought this episode looked really good because of the cosmic setting. I thought that the animation looked a little bit weird, like, when, like, it was, like, a side-profile shot. And, like, their mouth just moved, like, really weird for some reason. I know, obviously, animation is really hard. I shouldn't be nitpicking animation, but I'm just telling you guys what I saw. I will say the visuals, like, the whole cosmic realm thing, everything just looked really beautiful. Wakanda, the parts that we did see of it, looked really, really great. Um, what do you think of the animation, Brilliant? Like, what do you expect going in the future? Because I thought this episode's animation was really good, other than the one face thing. I definitely mean so far, you know, episode two, episodes one and two, that like the animation's been really solid. I, I like it; it's very smooth and it just feels very good. So, yeah, it's very kind of smooth and crisp. Everything kind of just flows together. It's not really too like stiff. I was asked issue like the show like Invincible. You know, I love Invincible and it definitely has some crazy animation moments. But yeah, there's those moments where it would feel a little stiff. Obviously, I think that's due to budget constraints. But um, you know, obviously, this show, What If, is definitely and obviously has a higher budget. But yeah, the animation's a lot more. You know, it just feels like it flows better. It just feels a bit more natural. And, uh, yeah, so I like it so far. Yeah, I agree, man. Like, overall, I love this episode. I thought it was great. Um, what would you rate this episode? I think this episode, like, like an 8 out of 10. I, I give it last like, a 7. I give it an 8. Um, I would say, like, I'm really waiting for one to just really, like, blow me away completely. Just, like, everybody. I don't know. Like, th 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 this episode definitely has some crazy moments. I was waiting for, like, that one episode that's, like, just going to be, like, the one. Yeah, I think the Ultron one will be that one for me. Um, I'm going to give this episode an 8.5 out of 10. Same rating as I gave it in my video. I thought this is an absolutely awesome episode. I don't want to give it a 9 just because I feel like there's going to be one episode that's a 9 out of 10. It's like almost perfect. But I don't think this one's almost perfect. I think there were just a few story flaws that there, that there were. But other than that, that's basically it for this episode of Third Thoughts, guys. Uh, Brilliant, you have anything else you want to talk about? That's about it. It's been a pretty bad week. Can't wait to for next episode. I know. I mean, this, it's crazy how much this like doing the show really like just showed me how much like happens throughout a week. Exactly. Like, it's crazy how much really yeah. happens throughout just one week. So I'm, you know, I'm is, excited. Yeah, we don't even talk about like the super small news. Like, there's so much like smaller, like smaller yet still big scale headlines that we don't cover because there's just not enough to talk yeah. about. But uh, next week we should be covering Candyman. That comes out next week, right? Oh yeah, well, Candyman. I bet, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Candyman, we should be covering Candyman next week at the end of the podcast, so we will be giving a uh, spoiler review of Candyman, because I'll be posting a spoiler-free review Friday night, and then you guys will see our spoiler review Monday, whenever the episode comes out, so next week, stay tuned for that. Next week, we'll still be talking about all of the superhero and Marvel news going on in the world. Again, that's it for this episode. If you guys are new in here, make sure to hit that subscribe button and to notification on. Same as anytime I open a video or go live. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Peace.